G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. They say that you can't really understand another person until you've walked a mile in their shoes. Makes a lot of sense. But what about 100 miles for a young woman with just days to go before delivering her child? That wouldn't have been easy, would it? Hi, I'm Bernie Diamond. And welcome to the program today as we take another look at the very first Christmas from rather a different perspective. So uh, how many sleeps until Christmas? What are your plans? At home with a family? Out with your extended family? Maybe catching up with some friends at a restaurant? There are lots of different ways to spend Christmas, but mostly it involves being with other people, family or friends. So I don't know, I thought today... We might spend a few minutes of Christmas with a young couple, Joe and Mary. This, this young couple, she's pregnant, and they're having a tough time of it. I wonder what it'd be like to walk in their shoes. They live in a place called Nazareth. Now, Nazareth is part of a country that's occupied by the Romans. The emperor is Augustus. And one of the things that the Romans were very good at it was the, the big strength of the Roman Empire was their administration. And Augustus decides that he's going to have a census, you know, count the number of people that live in the various countries. Now, these days, of course, the census forms are delivered to our homes every five years where I live, and I think the next one's due uh, next year. But back then, to be counted, they had to travel back to their ancestral home. And for Joe and Mary, that meant a trip from Nazareth to Bethlehem. Well, how far is that? About 150 kilometres, 90 miles. Well, that's not too bad. Only an hour, hour and a half down the freeway in the family car. We'll put a good CD on. Hang on, hang on a minute. Hang on a minute. They had to do this by foot. They were fortunate they had a donkey for Mary to ride on. But it was really hilly country that they had to travel through. There were some tracks and they had to do some stuff cross-country and, and maybe the odd road for them to travel on. Who knows what the weather was like. At best... You could hike maybe 30 kilometres, 20 miles in a day, over hill and dale. But hang on, Mary, Mary's heavily pregnant. Now, she's in the last few weeks before she's about to deliver this baby. So the baby's dropped and she's riding on this donkey. I don't know, I, I think at best they could have covered half that distance. So in reality, this trip from Nazareth to Bethlehem was about a nine or a ten day journey. Maybe there was the odd inn to sleep at. Maybe they couldn't afford it. Maybe they spent some nights sleeping out, sleeping at rough. How do you think Mary was feeling, almost due to deliver this baby? It's funny how this stuff never makes it into our, our trite little Christmas pantomime view of what Christmas is all about. And all the time on this journey, nine or ten days, kicking away inside her tummy is this little fella. They were going to call him Josh. That's short for Joshua, which is a Hebrew word that means God's salvation or saviour. The English version of the Greek version of the Hebrew word is Jesus. Josh's mum and dad, well, they were just teenagers, really. They were engaged, not yet married. And here she is, her tummy sticking out for all 
the world to see that she's pregnant. There must have been deep shame associated with that because back then it wasn't like today. I mean, today in most societies, okay, a couple live together, they have a baby, uh, you or I might not think it's right, but there's not the huge shame associated with it that was the case in their day. I mean, today, I guess for many, it's it's a lifestyle decision. Several months before, an angel had appeared to Mary and said, God is going to come and you are going to fall pregnant with a child. And that child will be the Messiah. That child will be the one that God chooses to save the whole world. And you'll call him Jesus. And she was overwhelmed. I mean, this was amazing. And it happened exactly as the angel said. And without sleeping with a man, she falls pregnant. It's an amazing miracle. But she's engaged to Joe. I mean, how how do I tell Joe about this? And when Joe finds out... Well, can you imagine the pain? Can you imagine the sense of of betrayal? And Mary, she says, well, it wasn't me. God did it. Oh, fabulous. There's a a good excuse. It's a bit like not doing your homework and saying, you know, the little Martians came in their flying saucer and stole my homework. I mean, it's it's fanciful. It's, It's ridiculous, really. And Joseph was so hurt and he was so embarrassed and he was so ashamed that he was going to send her away and have nothing to do with her. But then he had a dream. And an angel appeared to him and said, listen, God's doing something here. And this little boy, you're going to call him Joshua because he is going to be the one that God chooses to save the world through. And so Joe takes Mary at her word. And here they are on this trek by foot and on a donkey. There's nowhere to put the six CD stacker. She's feeling a bit uncomfortable. She's wondering, was it all true? And and I'm feeling so uncomfortable on this donkey and here we are heading towards Bethlehem. What, what's going on? How's it going to be? And Joe, well, sure, he had the angel appear to him in a dream. He's over it, but, but not really. I mean, this is his fiancée that God chose to cause her to fall pregnant with Jesus. This is the woman he loves. He, he wants to marry her. That would have been tough. There, there would still have been a dull ache in Joseph's heart. You're getting the picture? This nine or ten day journey from Nazareth to Bethlehem, it wasn't like riding in an air-conditioned car down the freeway, listening to a CD. It was tough. It was hard. These were difficult times for Joseph and Mary in an occupied land, going through some tough issues. And they get to their hotel in Bethlehem, and they go to the check-in counter, and they say, sorry, your, uh, your name again is Mary, uh, Joe? No, we, look, we don't seem to have a booking for you, and, and we're all booked out. Everything's booked out because people are coming back for the big Roman census. But um, you could sleep out back in the stable with the animals. Hmm, there's that whole away in the manger thing. Sheep, cows, goats. The stench of animal dung and rancid urine on the dirt floor. Cold, uncomfortable. Come on, ladies. Now there's a place to give birth to a baby, isn't it? And that night, that night, it's exactly what happened. At Jesus' very first breath, he inhaled that stench of the animals. And with that little cry of a baby, the Saviour is born. Christmas, that first Christmas, was a tough time for Joseph and Mary. There was joy, sure, but there was sorrow. There was wondering, is it really true? Is, it, is he going to be the one? Is this the Messiah? For me, if God is God, And Jesus is who he says he is, the Son of God, the Saviour. On one hand, this is so unexpected. There's no palace, there are no servants, there's not even a room. Jesus isn't born in a nice, comfortable, middle-class house like I live in. He's born out the back, 
with the animals in a shed. But then when you look at who Jesus was, who he became when he grew up, and you see God in him, you see this, this Jesus who loved people no matter what, who was so passionate about people around him and loving them and, and touching them and healing them and setting them free from the sort of religious oppression that was being pushed around at the time. When you look at that Jesus, you think he's the only person in history who could ever have chosen the time and the place of his birth and he chose a stable with some animals. And you think, that is so Jesus, that is so God, that is so authentic. What do you think? I love the fact that Jesus didn't come in a palace. I love the fact that Jesus came in this way, to identify with you and me, to say, I'm real, I'm here for you. This is a, this is a gritty reality. I love you. What do you think about Christmas? Have a great one. Before we go, I'd just like to remind you that if you have a prayer need, we would love to pray for you. Listen, the only sort of prayer that the Bible teaches about is the sort that has powerful results. Just let that sink in. The only sort of prayer the Bible teaches about is the sort that has powerful results. So if you'd like us to pray with you, in fact, if you'd like our whole prayer community to pray with you, stop by online at PowerfulPrayer.org to share your prayer request. It's completely confidential. Your name won't be displayed. And in fact, while you're there, perhaps you could pray for one or two others and leave them an encouraging word. The Bible says that the prayer of the righteous is powerful and effective. So let us pray for you and with you and let's just see what God does, how he intervenes, how he chooses to bless you. That web address again is PowerfulPrayer.org. I'm Bernie Diamond. Catch you again same time tomorrow with a different perspective. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.